This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Okay, so before we get started, I just want to mention a new sponsor. I'm so excited to have this sponsor, and I actually kind of finagled it. He is a sponsor on several different podcasts looking for entrepreneurs, but honestly, I think podcasters really have this problem too. So the sponsor is called SaneBox, and if you go to Sane. S-A-N-E, sanebox.com forward slash she You can sign up for a free trial. It's a 14-day trial. Within seven days, I purchased it because what it does is somehow you install it and it magically knows what to filter the heck out of your inbox. So it's like normally my inbox is like 100 and I can never get it down to inbox zero and it kind of always stresses me out. And so like... I installed this thing and all of a sudden I went from having like 120 emails to 40 and I banged through that 40 like nobody's business and then it has a folder that it put everything in called Sane Later. So like when I go into Sane Later now, what I see is like shopping, balance summaries from like credit cards, reports from my PM system, odd doctor appointment reminder, none of the stuff that I have to really deal with right away. So I have a couple different of the folders. I have Sane Later, which is, hey, you can deal with this later. Then I have Sane News, which it will detect all the newsletters that you can read at one time. So like my hot pod goes in there. Um, Anytime somebody's doing like a weekly update, it knows and it pulls all the things into that one. And then the regular inbox now is all clients and podcasters and students and stuff I have to deal with right this second. And I'm telling you, it is a magic. I don't know how it works, but it works. It's samebox.com forward slash she Check it out. Get a free subscription. I am telling you, even the trial subscription testing it out. And then it's not that expensive to sign up. I think it was like $20 for the year, 30 bucks a year. I'm telling you, it's worth it. I've never felt so satisfied. And I feel finally I can be productive. Samebox.com forward slash SheP. And now let's get on with the show. Let's talk about what happened this morning in our Facebook group or oh, what yeah. didn't happen this morning. It didn't happen Facebook this morning. Group. I know that, that. So, okay. So tell I me what up, happened. Tell us what happened and why. So I was posting a bunch of stuff. Uh, on the Facebook group this morning, I was in, I was doing my work and I was really, actually, I was incredibly emotional. Like I was, dude, I was crying. I was just feeling very, all this crap that's been going on in the world here in the United States has got me in a state of a, affairs where I feel, I'm incredibly emotional right now. And I think it has, you know, hormones and whatever, but I was really emotional and just so much stuff. And I'm listening to, because I requested people to, to share episodes that they had, uh, you know, that they have created that it's sort of like a response to what happened in Charlottesville in in the United States and Virginia. And I thought, okay, because I wanted to share it. And so what I did is I, I got a couple of those and then I started to listen and I was in a state of high emotional. I was just emotional. I was very emotional about everything. So many things and just humanity seems so lame sometimes. And so we had somebody request to be uh, on the Facebook group. 
And I'm not going to really say her name just because. No, it's, don't say her you know, name. So it's just, she just, you know, but anyway, she is very, she's a very beautiful woman with platinum blonde hair, very white lady. And so what, well, that's all, that's all I'm saying because I had to like look at her face. I mean, you know, you see people's faces. So she, you know, requested to come in here and one of, she is a member and this is the only thing that I saw. She is a member of all things hashtag Trump victory. And I, and that is a mem- it's a group. And I was like, what is that? And I click through and it's a very disturbing group. And I was like, she is just not going to be in this group. And I just is declined it, it's her. It's a very disturbing group? Hold yes. On, have to look it up. Oh, my God, Jess. That's what I was talking about. All things hashtag Trump victory. You, I went to that group and I was like, this is really, this is not okay. I do not want that conversation in my group. Wait a minute. No, it's not that disturbing of a group. It's the road to victory for Donald Trump. Please post all great articles that and finds that the mainstream media will not post. Here we can share ideas on how to help Trump get the victory. Never okay. Hillary was added so we can share ways to secure that she does not win. So it was a pre-presidency group. So did, you, did you see the posts? Is the Statue of Liberty next to be taken down? Trump to drop the hammer on the Obama after... Okay, yeah. So the posts are new and relevant but that doesn't mean she joined this group recently all right right because at one point it was just about getting him to win all right doesn't matter it doesn't matter anyway the thing is i did not she was a member of this group and so elsie declined her to join she podcasts so i i went through a lot of uh, a thought process you know through this thing and i was just like i think part of it is that I kept thinking, because I've gone through this even for Libsyn. You know, Libsyn is a, is a public company. And there are things that um, they're not like in your face, but there are people that there's actually not our people. There was one tweet that came to to the Libsyn account that said something like, hey, Libsyn, should, you know, do you want to host something like this? You know, and then they put a link to a podcast that was just annoying. It's like a bunch of very ignorant folks it wasn't a hateful thing. It was very ignorant and, how, how do you say it, in bad taste, right? And, mm-hmm. but that is, it, it's so, it's a, such a weird line because that's a company, right? So I defer to the people who run the company. That's what they do. It's like there's, you know, I just said like in the future, maybe we should consider having a response or seeing like what the line is between you know, um, hosting companies, because, you know, GoDaddy actually went through something like this, and they took out, you know, that um, Nazi website. And they essentially stepped up and said that. And I said, maybe there should be just, uh, you guys should just think about what would happen when something that is infringing on people's rights, actual, actual, like human rights, not, not just their opinion on something. You know, how you would respond. So anyway, I just left that conversation there. But what I was thinking when I saw this was like, well, this is... And then I thought, this is our group. I would hate to have some, you know, in that group, just have people feel not safe. To have people feel that they can't speak their mind. To have people leave because somebody's opinion was really um, aggressive or... Um, dismissive. But we wouldn't or, allow those kinds of I know, but I'm, posts I'll, in that group anyway. Totally. But what I'm saying is I was a trigger for me. It was a trigger for me. And then my question for you was like, you know, you questioned and you were like, 
well, you don't know if she's, you know, and so basically. I didn't question you. I said, you can't do that. Yeah, well, that's what I, because of this and this and this, right? And so, but then I started to think about it and I go, so should we not judge people based upon the, their group affiliations? And then Dear you God, said, no, no, you shouldn't. And I because said, well, you know I don't why? know. I have a lot of clients that have me join their group so that I can monitor like how well their engagement is. Right. Okay. Um, and I, so I'm just trying to pull up my group so that I can see. I want to give you an example of all the stupidity I belong to. And then if you judged me on this, then shame on you. Uh, I think I belong to something like 400 groups. <sighs> well, oh, my she- God. Okay, here they are in alphabetical order. And I'm not going to... <sighs> I mean, certainly none of them are like Trump. I mean, I don't support Trump. So none of them are going to be Trump supporting. But like, you know, a bunch of B... Uh, probably 10 B-school ones alone. And then one about bullet journaling, and then co-sleeping, clamor, curly-haired women. I mean, and I'm I mean, I mean, one I I'm belong just called dinner bitches, which is just like friends that are trying to meet up for dinner. <laughs> Empire builders, fantastic Jewish women, yard sale like online yard sale groups, Google Ads, and how did I even get into that one? Infopreneur. One about clowning called Alana's Glitterbug. I don't know why that's even in there. Uh, <laughs> well, what I'm saying, well, I guess I'm this saying, is. Like, the, I mean, the, obviously, these aren't judgmental type thing, but like, there's just stuff that's like, you know, like an orphan black group, but it's 400 groups, though. And I don't know when I joined them or why or for what, but is that really the point? Like, does that even matter? Well, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what my questions are is, you know, and this woman was a member of 13 other groups. So six, she's joined, she's a member of 16 groups. And, and, and yeah, maybe I was like, you know, too fast to pull the trigger. I, I was triggered. I was thinking of. I don't think it's fair unless you looked on her feed and you saw that she's an active white supremacist. Well, do you think to that leave people, people that out are... of our group that are trying to learn how to podcast? We're not a political group. We no, cannot I know that. I know keep people that. out for their I know political that. views unless they are Nazis or racists or bigots. And you can't assume just because somebody supported him at one point that they're any of those things. I guess. It's just hard, dude. What's all? It was really just about. I didn't like the name of the group, and I immediately made an assumption about this woman. I know, and but is I that, made, but I'm I'm asking you to consider why that's not the right thing to do, though. Where I am, I am, I act, I actually am considering because that it wasn't you, the right, and that I was, and that I did. Aren't you doing the same thing in a sense, just judging someone based totally. on something Absolutely. very, Absolutely. very? You're actually judging someone based on something um, kind of shallow, like not their. You don't you don't even know this person, but it's almost like I don't want to say it's like, oh, basing it on the color of her skin, because obviously that's not true. But how do you exclude someone from sharing their voice simply because of a group they belong to? It just seems like that seems oddly uh, exclusive for you. I agree. And I think part of it is that I was making a judgment call from where I was coming at that time, you know, where I was feeling like frustrated and really emotional about 
the lack of awareness from a lot, a lot of the time. And, and part of it is the fact that we've made so many excuses for that, including things like, well, not black, my, you know, not black lives matters, but all lives matter. And making that assumption that because you have black people as your friends, you're not racist. And to recognize that just because, you know, that, that literally we make excuses for, generally we make excuses for any kind of privilege we've had because we don't know any different. And it's like, well, that's, that's, you know, I don't know. So that's what I was, I was coming from there where it I was know where like, you were coming from. I mean, of course that's where you and were if, coming And then, from. and you know, then after you kind of like, we had a little bit of a conversation, I felt like, you know what? I totally did. I made it, I made an assumption. I made an assumption quickly. And I just was like, I was really just hurt. And I thought like, I need to make a choice. That's not just based on giving people excuses because that's what I feel happens a lot of the time. Oh, he's not really like that. Let's just give him a pass. Because really, really, that's really what we've been doing all the time. Let's just give him a pass. Let's just, that's not, he's not really racist. Let's just give him a pass. Yeah. And that's where I was coming from. Let's just give him a pass. And it's like, I don't, I don't, I wasn't a place where I was like, I don't want to give you a pass. Don't be, you know, <laughs> it's my right. group. And so it was, it was, I think it would have been different if it was like, I don't know, like, like I said, working for a business, like something bigger than my like I'm not the CEO of Libsyn. I'm not the CEO of a company that I work with. I don't know what that's like, but I felt like at this moment I was in a position of like, you know what? I can do this because it's my group and I want to support this. And I understand that making a decision based on somebody's political beliefs is not something that I don't want to get to that point. I don't want to get to a point where I make a decision based on, oh, you voted for this person. Oh, well, I'm sorry for yeah, you. Yeah, that's my ridiculous. Right? I don't want to get to that point. But at the same, yeah. I, I get that. I understand that. And I, it's just, it's so frustrating because I saw the narrative inside of that group. And when I saw the narrative inside of the posts that we're putting up there, I was just like, I am not okay. I am not okay with that. And if I would have been I'm somebody okay that was either, a but pro- I also find it interesting that you looked at the narrative of the group, but not the person. Right. Exactly. Because you know what, but why, you know why I did that though? I didn't realize that that's what I was doing. Like, I honestly thought that was her feed. Like I honestly what? thought it was my mistake. I clicked through that and I immediately, I didn't go look at her feed. I looked at the group. The group, the group feed. Which was of course so is in my face at that time. I was like, oh my gosh. But I have to say, you know, if I belonged, let, let you know, if I had been like a pro Trump person and I had decided to join a group that would get him elected, right? And now I'm coming to a place where I'm like, oh my gosh, he's just uh, insane. He's just insane. And Even I, if I she want nothing to do with him. think he's insane, Elsie. No, no, no. But what I'm saying is that this, let me finish my thought. So then I come back and I say, oh my gosh, he is insane. I can't believe I voted for this guy. I mean, to, in my heart, like if I, I, that's what I was feeling. I would probably, while I was in Facebook, go, you know what? I probably need to leave this group. This oh, is not what I forgot. support anymore. This is not it. what I want, especially if I have, if especially if it's 16 groups that I belong to. If it was 400 like you, you probably wouldn't even know that you forgot or whatever, you know, like, but if it's 16 groups, like I'm very conscientious of the groups that I belong to, except for people. And the, but here's the other thing, though, and I hadn't thought about this. What if somebody added her yeah, and she didn't even know? Because right. people do that all the time to me where I'm added to groups and I'm like, Same I don't want to be in this group. 
Yeah. I didn't even think of that either. Yeah, that's the thing too. So yeah, there are things, there are wrong. Yeah, I was wrong. I was wrong to make that assumption. I was wrong to just like, you know, immediately don't even give her the benefit of the doubt. And maybe she's doing research and maybe she's, you know, totally going undercover to, I don't know, whatever. Maybe, maybe her intentions in joining this group were absolutely up and up. Right? It's just so interesting how we approach things so differently. Like, even though I'm not a journalist, I was a journalism major, and it was really drilled into my head, the freedom of speech, you know? So, like, I understand the KKK and the Nazis and what disgusting, vile human beings there are, but you can't stop them from having a rally. You can stop them from causing violence, but I've been to a KK rally, a KKK rally. They had one here in Newark, Delaware, my freshman year of college. And there were cops on every corner of the street. And there were cops in front of the rally. I mean, they marched right down Main Street. And there were six cops at the beginning of this rally and six cops at the end. Most of the businesses closed that day, except for my boyfriend's father, Lee, his dad owned a newsstand that sold drinks. It was happened to be a hot day. He was like, fuck those guys. I'm going to make money. And he was the only store open. And I mean, it was the only place you could get a bottle of water or a soda on the entire block. He made a killing that day because he stayed open. He was like, I'm not going to let these fucking Nazis tell me what to do and dictate my business. So he stayed open. And I mean, seeing them was upsetting. Seeing them, I mean, they just basically in their outfits with their stupid Confederate flags, just march down the street. But what is upsetting is seeing moms with kids in the rally. That was sad. That made me sad and upset, but like there were cops on every corner. So like I I would never ever tell you to stop them from having a rally because that's what this country's about is expressing difference of opinion. Even if it's not about supporting white supremacists, it's about supporting their right to say that they are. You don't want to be telling people what they can and can't say, even if it's not right, even if it's evil. Although I do think it's interesting that like you would never be able to support like and I mean now that our culture is a little different, like you could never have like a rally of pedophiles, right? Because that's against the law. It's against the law to have sex with children. But and I don't know why I know this. I read an article a long time ago about pedophiles and how they feel that their rights have been violated. Because it's against the law to have sex with kids, <laughs> which I think is so ridiculous. But like if there was like a, the pedophilia community just all of a sudden decided to rally, they'd all get thrown in jail. But so how come Nazis don't get thrown in jail? Yeah, I because, don't know. It's, because it's not against the law to talk about what you think. It is against the law, of course, to have sex with someone who isn't. But wait, but it's an, but isn't it? Um, yeah, I don't know about the law in terms of like outlawing Nazism. I don't know if that's illegal. But you know, in terms of pedophilia, how could you? Well, if you if you outlawed people who hate, if you outlaw white people who hate black people, then you have to outlaw anybody who hates white people or black people or any people. You can't outlaw one people and not all the people. Right. Right. Like, yeah. what if for some reason my grandmother hated Hispanic people? She can't go to jail for that. No. It just makes no sense. No, I get it. I understand. I understand that. It only All makes I'm, sense and if I guess, you break the law. And they're not doing that by just saying what they think, even if what they think is repulsive. I think that this is where I, I made that call. It, it was like it was like an under like a super um, 
self-serving way of, of feeling like I had some kind of power in some way. Because part of it was that I can do one thing, one little thing, even if it's this, because again, I was in a, and I could see how emotion can really tarnish your ability to make decisions that are logical and, you know, affirming in some way or to make the best decision for all, right? And so I made that decision simply based on my intuitive hit at that moment to look at that group and go, that is really lame. And to go through that and go, oh, yeah, this is not going to happen. Not in my group. Right. And I made I just made that decision. And then you started to ask me questions about it. And I and then I thought like, well, maybe I shouldn't have done that. Why did I do that? And then I just started to think about the fact that I I literally I did. I totally made a decision based upon what I saw from this woman. And I was pissed off at that time. And I said, well, she's got, you know, I mean, she's got, you know, fair enough. Nice, beautiful blonde hair, nice, beautiful white face. She has the privilege of being able to be of a group that supports this and get away with it. And there was a point where I was like, I don't want, I don't want that. Get away with it. And it may have come from a a place of like not being fair. And I came back really to the fact that this is my group. I mean, obviously our group. And I, you know, and, and I'm sorry if I totally overstepped my boundary to take this this insane action, you know, because it's, I mean, and so oh, you totally did. did, you did, you totally did, you did, because I know, but you didn't really, because I know that you did it because you want our group to be a safe place. And that's what makes you a good group leader. But I also think it would be unfair to the people who listen, who are part of the group to make them feel like if they changed their mind about a political issue that they wouldn't right. be welcome anymore. So we assure you that if you changed your mind about any political issue, we would still support you unless you just are a Nazi and a white supremacist. And <laughs> then you can get the fuck out. Other than that, we cool. But you know there are people in our group who are disagree with all kinds of stuff that right. we agree about. There are people who have accused us of being extremely straight right. and extremely white, which is unfair, but also kind of true. I mean, we've had, I mean, know, there's a certain the level surface, of white experience we are, that we both don't of those have. things. <laughs> right. So, I mean, you know, we can't, we can't be different and we can't accuse others of, you know, kick them out for being, for thinking things that we don't think. I mean, I don't think everyone should be straight, but. I do think people should have the right to choose whether or not they want to have an abortion or whether or not they want to get married or what they think about the definition of marriage. I mean, not everyone's going to agree with that. We can't just be like, well, get out. Fuck you. I want those people in there. What's what makes life interesting, I think. I mean, I don't want any Nazis and white supremacists in there, and I'm not going to stick up for any. And don't anyone accuse me of sticking up for them or I will end you. I am not a white supremacist. I don't support white supremacists or Nazis or Trump for that matter. But I think if somebody at one point joined a group or was put in a group to help him win, well, whatever. I don't have to agree with that. But the choices weren't great, were they? That wasn't well, a lot of good choice happening okay, when we were so picking what, a so president. Let's, I mean, okay, like, so, th- so here's my – I mean it was like trying to pick right, a kidnapper well, or a murderer. What I think you, that part of it is this, though. I mean, uh, and it's not, I think Literally. there's there's a level of us allowing people to get away with things a lot of the time. There's a level of like, what? ever like since, what? 
No, I, what I'm saying is like, oh, how did Trump get to be who he is at this moment? There was a I didn't le- let a, him get away with anything. Well, I, all I'm saying is there's a level of people. I mean, I, I assume that the reason that he is in this position at this moment is that there has been a certain amount of behavior that has helped him his entire life to get to the position of this right with the even the the shows that he's been on the dealings Money. and the companies that he's been dealing with there's always been somebody that's like oh yes right because there's a specific type of behavior that gets him the results that he's always gotten and there's a level of that like to me is that we let a lot of people get away with not making the best choices. And I'm and I'm coming back right now to a, like you know the a very personal kind of experience that I had with my you know with my ex. There's a lot of behaviors that he exhibited that I let him get away with because of all of the other things that he was, which was white, cute, came from a really nice family, and for the most part pretty cleaned up. Like you know, he didn't have really like crazy long hair, he always shaved, short hair, blue eyes, you know, very all-American. And all of that was a sense, like he was in, he had a sense of entitlement with everything that he did. And there were a lot of behaviors that I dismissed because I thought it was okay. I honestly thought it was okay. Oh, he's, he's just doing his best. He's just doing his best. And the majority of people in his family also did that with him. He's just doing his best. It's all right. We'll, we'll, we'll bail him out. He got bailed out so many different times of like very, very, very bad situations by people that love him, like his family, by me, by making uh, excuses for him and enabling him. And to see that that level of of what happened, if if I would have been in my early 20s in a position of of a voice or in a position of empowering for myself to be able to go, this is completely and utterly unacceptable behavior you fuck and then and then right. seriously turned around and left and the end there have so much would have shifted so much would have changed i know but there are people doing that you can do that you don't have to let him get away with anything but we don't also have we can't exhibit our power towards people that are powerless either like those people who I don't know. I just feel like just because you enable a Republican or a pro-lifer or a Trump supporter to have a podcast, it doesn't mean that you're making the world a terrible place necessarily. Does it? I don't know. Does it feel like that? I just think it probably feels like that. It feels like you make excuses for people too much. It's all not you. I'm saying we. I think that Trump has been had a lot of excuses made for him. And I knew when he was running for office how embarrassing he would be. And I kept saying to Scott, he is so embarrassing. I mean, even a murderer would at least conduct herself in a way that wouldn't humiliate the shit out of me. And it does feel like that. It does feel like the president of this country is a boyfriend that, yeah, I mean, I, I feel how you feel a lot. Like, here's the rich bully who's now in charge of everybody and the laws and in charge of, like, making rules about how we're supposed to live. It doesn't feel good. It's like being forced to marry someone you never wanted to marry. It's awful. It's terrible. Well, I think, you know, p- part of it, too, though, is that um, we, we 
we are often allowed to make these heinous choices and never have it come back up and hit us in the ass, you know? And I don't think that that people realize how smaller choices that we make when we don't address just not the best behavior, when people aren't called on their shit in the first place, when we don't speak up in the small ways, in the, in the small relationships. And again, I'm just bringing back my own experience because, because it keeps on hitting you. Because mm-hmm. you made mistakes and then people go like, oh, well, you just, you know, it, that happened in the past. You need to forgive yourself. You need to do all this stuff. It's, it's you, you move on. You just keep moving on. That was when you were 20. That was when you were, you know, but in all honesty, it doesn't go away. You fuck up. You fuck up. The end. Mm-hmm. It's going to keep on coming back. And it might cost you something in the future that you really, really wanted because your behavior in the past was that bad or you didn't make the best choice. And we make excuses for that all the time. Oh, and then a lot of us, you know, and especially people of color, don't, they can't, they don't even have the option of having it not be part of their past. If there was like a white person who, who committed a crime and they're in their 20s or something along those lines and they were, you know, for whatever reason, they were on probation, they went to jail, whatever, there is a level of society saying it's okay later on. But for somebody, a person of color, that's all in their face for the rest of their fucking life. And that's just one thing. But for me, talking from this perspective, it's like if you want to then continue to have the type of life that you want in, in this wonderful you know, way where you deal with people in this new way and it's all nice and rosy. I messed up before. And it's not, you can't get away from it. It just keeps coming back because I allowed somebody to behave really not okay. And every time, you know, Trump makes these, his, he's just the excuses. It's, it's like, it's, it's, I've heard those excuses so many different times. Well, it's not like this. There's, you know, there's this too. It's, it's, it's everybody, everybody, everybody's side, you know, it's like, no. Elsie, have you ever empowered yourself to let the person who everyone makes excuses for crumble. Do you ever just let them you just stop making excuses for them? You just let them wallow in their own shitty misery? Well, yeah. Now I am. So how can you apply that? How can we apply that as citizens of a country, though? I guess what I'm saying. Because, like, I, I don't yeah. have a similar I, – I have a similar situation, but with my daughter. Right. I made excuses for her for – you know, uh, five years. And then I made her accountable for those ex- mistakes and I made her accountable for that behavior and it didn't go well. But is that to say that like I should have gone on and made excuses for her and let her just do heroin in my in my house around my baby? No. I, I mean, I made her accountable anyway. And I don't regret that even if she did self-destruct. But what I'm saying is like, How can you apply taking a stand and stop making excuses for people? How can you apply that in this case? Can we? And how are we supposed to do it? I don't know. That's a great question. You know what I mean? Like for boyfriends that treat you like shit. I mean, you can just say, you know what? Bye. Well, yeah. No, I understand that. But I think that. And you can go fuck yourself. And that's kind of like what I did to Emily, too. You want to call me an asshole and steal my money and then think you're going to live here? No, I'm sorry. You're not. Bye. And then what happens? But, like, how do you do that with him? I mean, I think what you're doing is asking people who are making excuses for him to stop because we're not doing that, right? Yeah, that's yeah, – essentially, that's it. 
And part of it is this, though. It's like there is a level, though, because you never know who you're dealing with when people become so demented in their behavior that there comes a point where you don't know what the next step is, right? And what's so scary about obviously this, you, you know, 45 is that you, you don't know the level of what he's capable of in terms of his power at this moment. Right. And, uh, and, and you always think um, like, Oh, think he's not going to do that. He's not going to do that. I think what? it's being taken away swiftly. Well, I certainly hope so. I mean, I really do certainly hope so. And, the, and I then, think and he then again, thought he had more power than he actually did. Let's put it that way. Yeah. And I think that you there know, comes like a point Congress when we join together. Yeah, I mean, do you know what I'm saying? Like, Congress isn't agreeing with him. Like, his own party is like, let's be clear here. We don't agree with him, and we're Republicans. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, and I get that. And I think that what tends to happen, though, is that there is a point where things could get super scary, you know, to the mm-hmm. point where you don't know what somebody is going to do. And even that, like, you know, I made decisions so many years ago and it came back to a point where I was fearing for my life. And I know that you were thinking, you know, and you were like the always the level-headed person who is like, oh, come on, that's not really, that's, no. It, there's so many things that have to happen before anything can actually physically happen to you and your family. And mm-hmm. I, I, there's a level that understands that, but there's also the X factor where, when somebody becomes, it goes into a state of, of just not total, complete craziness. You don't know what they're going to do. And that's what I feel. You know, I feel a level of not being okay and being able to share so much of what I'm doing in LA because I don't want to make, I want to make sure that that doesn't get out. Because of my fear for some crazy person coming to find me. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, it had happened in the past. It happened before, meaning in my past where this person had traveled state lines mm-hmm. within hours to come find me. Oof. You know? so it, And so I know that it's, I, the thing is, the behavior had been there and I didn't, I didn't ever say, oh, this is weird. Wow, this is scary. And I had alienated myself to such a degree that it was like, wow, when I was feeling totally alone and like, wow, this is scary. I could actually die right now. Nobody would know. And, and um, to get to that point and then to see that kind of behavior coming from such a powerful place in, in a country, it f- scares the crap out of me. I know. It's scary. And that's it. So, well, that's it's scary. Is a very heavy conversation we've been having. Yeah. It's very scary. There's no denying it. And all we can do, I think, is ride it out and then make sure that it doesn't happen again. Can we? What can we do? That we can call each other out on that shit and just be like, dude, this is exactly like it was before. Because obviously we haven't learned very well as a human race. No, we can't. We can't call people out for who they voted for at this point. What kind of chaos would that cause? I mean, there's taking... I mean, I am so on the fence about like, honestly, when something happens with Trump, I look at my husband who voted for the Green Party and I go, this is all your flipping fault. (sighs) Because why wouldn't you vote for someone who could win against someone who needed to lose? And he was like, I couldn't vote for either one of them. And John's the same way. I mean, we were having these discussions. I was going to say the same thing. I couldn't vote for either one of them. 
couldn't vote for either one of them. And so it's your fault, too. No. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> I mean, well, it I, is. You know what? I could say it's all your fault. Do you feel fault. responsible? Not at all. I'm very, I have a very See? clear conscience because I could say it's all your fault for voting for two reprehensible candidates when you had two other ones that I you would not vote for, for because – one reprehensible candidate. I'm saying there's two out there and that <laughs> – there's two out there and that there was another viable candidate, but you were so afraid that your vote would go and that person wouldn't win. That's what happened. I, honestly, I don't need to be afraid of that. I, That's what happened. To be honest, to quite honest with you, and I'll just say this one time, the reason that Hillary did not win was because the, her party stayed home on Election Day. If the same numbers came out to vote that voted in, the Obama, in both Obama's elections, that she would have buried Trump. But they stayed home because of the whole Hillary uh, email. No, not that email thing, but the, what she did to Bernie. That pesky murder. What she did to Bernie at the, the Democrat at uh, the convention. Oh yeah, they loved Bernie. He probably right. Won. So again, yeah. there's a ton of blame to go around for where Bernie we are now. Bernie would have made such a good president. I really liked him. Mm. <laughs> I didn't get to vote in the primaries though, but I wish I had. It's a tough thing, and I kind of go always go back to the same thing of freedom i'm always for freedom freedom if you're a conservative and you want and you have conservative views freedom for liberals who have liberal views freedom for people to be able to live their lives the way they want to be the way they want to live and unfortunately you know you have there's chuckleheads and the chuckleheads are a very minute right now minute portion of the population and what we're doing is we're giving them so much press and attention. And attention. That's true. I've been white my, you know, most of my life. <laughs> okay. And now, because I'm a middle-aged That's white ridiculous. guy, I'm a middle-aged white guy. You know, I get looked at with a hairy eyeball. I've only been white for half my life. Yeah, I'm just saying. But so what I'm saying is that I can't do anything about the race that I was born, as as no one else can be do anything about the race that they were born. But what I always do is treat people with respect and, you know, treat people how they treat me. And, you know, it doesn't matter. I, I try to take color out of it uh, because it, 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 in a, at the end of the day, none of it matters. Okay. I, you know, like I said, uh, I'm a white person. LC is El Salvador. Jess is Jewish. And I couldn't love you two more if you were my own sisters. So it doesn't make a difference. I've never looked at anybody, you know, for the color of their skin. I look at the character of their person. And if we did all that, if we did that as a a country, we could come back together again. But the problem is that we get so polarized that we can't come to the come together to the middle and have a conversation to straight thing, straighten things out. And I'll be honest with you, I kind of feel like we're being played as puppets from, uh, you know, from somebody. And the media, I'm going to use the media because that's all we get. It comes into our view and then we, you know, it's presented to us. We don't see it firsthand. It's it's presented to us in one spin way or another. You can watch one news station and watch another news station. And you would think they weren't even at the same event. So it's scary. Yeah. You okay, Elsie? Yeah. It's just that I, I feel that there's a, you know, there's a part of that he was mentioning is that there's a the majority of people of color don't have the ability to just meet in the middle they don't have the reality of seeing no color because 
because they don't know what that's like. And I, and that is something that I don't understand that. I mean, oh, I don't understand. It's there's not there's a difference. You know, I've I've experienced a very small amount of that, very very small amount of that. But there is no none of that sense of, you know, when I was in Colorado Springs, um, Colorado, going inside of the bars there when I was in my early twenties, and I, you know, I now I don't necessarily look as ethnic as I did then. I was I was a little darker because I was outside a lot, and so my skin kind of gets much darker. My hair, you can believe, believe it or not, was much longer than it is now, <laughs> and I didn't have any bangs. There were no layers. I was just, you know, I was I essentially looked like a Native American woman. Um, and I, you know, I, I sort of dressed like that as well. It just was who I was. And anytime that I walked into a bar, it was really, really bad the way that I was looked at and the way that I was treated at that time. And to my face being called an engine and, oh my God. and I was like, in shock, I was in shock, you know, I was in shock. I was, I, I didn't even know how to respond to that. And it, and there was a sense of, I never felt like my, 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 that I was um, uh, in danger, but I did feel uncomfortable and it didn't make me want to go out because I felt like I didn't, you know, it was so weird because Colorado Springs is also full of beautiful Native American things all over the place. But it's, it's amazing how beautiful the jewelry is. But if you see somebody that kind of looks like they are actually Native American, then that's a whole other thing. We don't want you here. And that's so weird. And it's I find very, it weird too. It's very, it, yeah. And that's it was, and this shit. was to me, to my face in my early twenties. And it, you know, those are just so small weird. little things that I, that I experienced at that time where there was nothing that I could do with the way that I looked. And I didn't have the option of saying, turning around and going like, I'm not native American. I, it, because what is that? Is that mean that like, are you going to believe me or, or not? You know, in the places would it where matter? I it's and like even could have cursed them out in Spanish. Yeah, well, then they would have known you were <laughs> totally. But see, there's yeah, people. Right. That, it's like there's there's you cannot do that. Like I was listening to actually, we're talking about moving into the um, into sort of like what I asked inside of the group, which was people to share some of the things that addressed Charlottesville, you know, and what happened over there in terms of like podcaster voices. And I wanted to make sure that some of these people were that you guys listened. I was listening to one of the episodes that was put out by the enthusiast enthusiasm, the enthusiasm enthusiast. I always get that backwards. Um, and it was a conversation between Katie Ward and Summer Martin about this, right? White woman speaking with a black woman, black woman experience and stuff. And, you know, she, Summer was actually talking about something that, that happened to me in a small, small, small scale. Um, but she says that, like, let's say she wants to go to Neiman Marcus. She really has to dress up and look very nice. Like she has to, Summer, mind you, is black. Um, so she has to make sure she looks top notch when she steps inside of Neiman Marcus. Because regardless of what's happening, people are keeping an eye on her. She need, There's going to be a certain behavior that happens towards her. Whereas Katie can go inside of Neiman Marcus and just get out of bed, put her hair in a ponytail, and it doesn't really matter. Because there is a level of, as a person of color, as a woman of color, you have to, like, just put your face, best face forward all the time. It's nonstop. You have to change the way you talk. You have to behave in a specific way because you're constantly being, you're constantly being judged. And she also talked about the fact that her name is Summer Martin. And she applied to so many different jobs. And people were like, ooh, had conversations with her via email or on the phone and all that kind of stuff. And yay. And then she would show up. And then most people would go like, oh, so you're Summer. Basically saying, oh, you're black. Hmm. Oh, my God. And so to have, she has no choice. 
This is who she is. There's no like, let's meet in the middle. Let's all talk like we don't. It doesn't matter whether or not she wants to. She has to. And and when, with the whole Neiman Marcus story, like I had, I had that kind of sort of happen when I went to Neiman Marcus as well. And I happened to just, you know, I don't think it was because I was, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe I did look ethnic at that time in LA. I don't know. But I'm wearing my overalls and I have my hair and pigtails and I'm walking inside Neiman Marcus and I'm like, you know. I'm looking for something very specific. And I had people following me all over the store. And I literally left. Like, I left within 30 minutes because I couldn't stop. I was like, what do they think? I'm not going to steal you guys. And so I left. I felt so uncomfortable. Beverly Hills over there, you know? And so, I don't know. It's There is a, a sense of you don't have a choice. You can't take it off. We, we have the privilege of going, let's all meet in the middle. Because we don't know... Because we can be forgotten, like meaning that's not an issue every time you step forward. It's not an issue. If you were judged every single time you walked into a room by the way that you looked, it would be a different thing. But we don't know what that's like. I don't have black skin. A little bit. Yeah, I do. Oh, yeah, we do. Because for the simple reason is I'm a overweight guy. And I walk in and I'm judged immediately. Yep. And I, and yeah. I, you know what? I, I agree with that, John, because I Same. do feel that and there also is from that. Being Absolutely. Yeah. Where you feel that's huge. And probably a little bit more harsh because, you know, people say, well, they can't change the color of their skin. But fatty over there could eat a salad yeah. every once in a while. Totally. Eh. And that does, you know, and that, that is also another thing that is happening a lot. You're right. There's a lot, especially from the um, medical industry, where there is there is a sense of prejudice against that and a labeling and a dismissiveness of anybody that is overweight, you know, um, in, in our society. I understand that. But I think that there are many layers that we sometimes don't really look at. And I think the first step is really to say, to be okay with saying, you know what? I really don't know what that's like. And although I would like to meet at the middle, please let me know a little bit more because I really want to see it from your perspective. That's it. I think that if we can start with that and not just to completely just be like, well, no, I mean, if we could just, I mean, because we really don't know. And, and I would see that it's incredibly tiring to always have to to know that there's going to be somebody that's going to make assumptions based upon who, who you are. And I have the privilege of, of not being dark or darker skinned. And I know my grandmother was darker skinned. My dad's mom was a little bit darker. She was a little more like um, very light, light chocolate, like milk chocolate brown, sort of like Lena Horn chocolate <laughs> brown. And she, I remember when I was in El Salvador, she would get so mad at me if I was out in the sun and she would come back and she's like, get over here. You don't want to, you don't want to get dark. And I think she was saying that from her experience. So people wouldn't, yeah. you know, she wasn't saying it from anything. Uh, she, I felt that those comments were coming from a personal experience that she didn't want her granddaughter to go through what she ha- what, had gone through, whichever that, whatever that was with the belief of knowing or understanding that white is is what you want. That's what you want. You want lighter skin. You don't want darker skin. Please get out of the sun. And, you know, so I was like, okay, whatever. I mean, I had no idea what she was talking about because she often said that. She said, she, she did say to me, she's going to turn black. And then I thought she meant I literally was going to turn black, like the, like, like black. And be a black person. No, 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 not in be a, yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, not like in the way that we see black people, like, you know, African-Americans, but I actually thought the color, like as in like you would burn like a chicken? No, like it was going to be black. Like seriously, <laughs> like the color black. Like the way that, you know, I don't even know how to describe it. Like I just didn't even have an, an idea of what that is because when you see, when people say like black skin or whatever, it's not really black. It's like brownish kind of 
you know, chocolate-ish. Um, but I imagined like the actual color as in like, you know, right now I have my sponge in front of my face, the, for the microphone, which is totally black like that. And so I thought, how does that even happen? Like, how can it be that? So I got scared. You know, I totally got scared. I thought it was like, um, because I had no form of reference. But what I'm saying is that we just should need to start there and maybe change that narrative because it feels like to me that when we go into a conversation and we say like, why don't we just all meet in the middle? Has it been working? I don't think that that has been working. You got to keep trying. Again, I think think that as, as we go on, hopefully... Uh, we'll start to, you know, we'll start to see. I, you're not going to change everybody. There's always going to be a fringe element that, you know, is going to blame everybody for their lot in life because they don't want to look inward. They want to look outward. It can't be their fault. It has to be everybody else's fault. That's where this comes from. They're wa- walking and marching saying Jews will not replace us. W- what was, I have no idea. What was, was like, that all about? When was that the yeah. the idea? Yeah, what's where did that even come from? And, I know. And, I don't want to replace right, and it's just anybody. you know, and just, it makes you sick to your stomach to see guys walking with Kmart tiki torches in their white polo shirts <laughs> and khaki <laughs> pants with their bicycle helmets on, and I, I just was like, oh man, what isn't there a Dungeon and Dragons game you guys could go start? Yeah, I just I don't want I don't think Jews want to replace them. I, yeah, again, it's just of? people looking outward, you know, for their problems instead of looking inward and bettering themselves and doing stuff to raise themselves up. And that's where this comes from. And until we start to change that in ourselves and then identify that in others and then, you know, stay away from them. Did I ever tell you why people say that Jews are money hungry? No. Shakespeare. Did I ever tell you, Elsie? No. 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 It's because, well, there's two reasons. One is that in our religion, the more you educate yourself, the closer you are to God. So in our culture, there's a huge push for Jewish parents to push their children to not just finish college, but grad school and master's degrees and stuff like that. So if you notice that there are a lot of wealthy Jews, it's probably because they are also extremely educated people. That's the one. And then the other thing is that a lot of, you know, in the Industrial Revolution and before when people came to this country because they were educated, they were the bankers and the bankers would decide who would get a loan and who wouldn't. And so when you were denied a loan, you would blame it on the Jews and say the Jews are hogging all the money. The Jews won't, you know, are penny pinching, money hungry. It's because they wouldn't they wouldn't put the banks in jeopardy in order to give money for whoever needed it back then. Interesting stuff, huh? So now you have a bunch of Nazis walking around saying like the Jews are going to replace us. They're hogging all the money. I mean, not exactly. Right. I see. I grew up in a time, you know, as a kid where you could make a joke about Polish people would make Italian jokes. The Italian people would make Polish jokes. You made a joke and you would laugh about it and you would tell another joke. And we never took it seriously. It was a a stereotype and it was something funny. Some of it was based in Ah, in all that kind of stuff. Yeah, good times. Where can we go back to that now? Everybody's all upset about everything and – and now we're we're protesting and tearing down statues. You know, and all it's not that, that long ago. I mean, look at the movie Shallow Hal. That whole movie is based around the fact that, like, the whole movie is based on making fun of fat people. Yes. The entire thing. Like, I was watching it the other day because certain scenes are hilarious, like when he meets Tony Robbins in an elevator and also when you find out that Jason Alexander has a tail. That shit's hilarious. But, like, 
I noticed that like he, how appalled he was that Jack Black was dating a fat woman and like and even Gwyneth Paltrow was like why is he trying to tag my toe like a cow like it was so offensive and I was just shocked it wasn't that long ago mm-hmm. we're just our culture does not are we're so different now than we used to be that's all right we, you can't make jokes like that and they're not funny and they're hurtful and like on the one hand it's kind of good and on the other hand it's like when did we get like this i i'm so easily offended all of a sudden i, I wasn't like this before what we're moving through and i there needs to be a time for that in every conversation a time for it doesn't have to be the way it was maybe we can continue to shift and then maybe this is the time to do this because even when you have just a conversation with somebody there's times when they get upset you know i mean i've had that happen where you And I watched my girls go through some of that yesterday with some of their friends, you know, where they get into a little bit of an argument here and there over something silly. Emotions rise and there's like, you know, sadness or yelling or whatever. And then they have like this like resolution of whatever happens. You We, we need to have all the, that range and we need to be okay at having conversations that are difficult. And we need to be okay with saying like, you know what, you're right. And totally be okay with saying that and being like, okay, I made that totally made a, a wrong choice. I want to try to do it something else and let our egos stick aside. We, I think both sides need, or all of us need to at some point check ourselves in, in maybe shifting or learning a little bit more. That's all. It's like, uh, in my observation, I find that the people who have a hard time saying I'm wrong have very, very delicate self-esteem issues their their self-esteem and their ego is very very delicate and if they have to admit they're wrong then they crumble under a mountain of self-doubt and that's why people are like that that's what i've noticed i mean in my own personal life because as a person with adhd uh you find you have to apologize a lot yeah that's true doing it all and the time i am very you know where i actually i realized this i was watching larry david and he was like one of the episodes of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And somebody said to him, like, you always have to be right. You refuse to apologize. And he goes, what are you talking about? I spent my whole day apologizing. All I do is apologize. And I'm like, you know what? All I do is apologize. I'm the same way. And I think I don't think that's because I'm like Larry David. I think ADHD people and I've always told my children, you have attention deficit disorder. Be very comfortable with being wrong. Get used to it now. It's going to happen a lot. So own up. It's always better to own up than to stand your ground. Always. And and I think if more people didn't have their whole ego riding on the fact that they were right or wrong, it would be so much more peaceful to live here. But they have to defend their choice and defend their honor and defend their candidate and defend their point. Like, it's okay to just say, I'm sorry, oops, shouldn't have voted for him. Oops, I didn't know he was going to be a Nazi supporter. Or oops, I'm a Republican and I, you know, I had to vote Republican, but I'm sorry. This isn't really what we bought into. I mean, I think that's what a lot of Republicans that are, I mean, Paul Ryan, Marco Rubio, they're all like, yo, 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 hold the phone, Joan, that ain't cool. Every single one of them, except for him. I mean, even Melania was like, no, in nowhere can we support violence. No. And Oski. So, like, that's what makes things move forward. 
not standing your ground because you have to be right. But I'm just saying the people I know in my own life who will argue and defend themselves to the death are people that have such low self-esteem that they cannot handle being wrong because it means they'll be in bed for three days with like, why, why am I so terrible? You know, it's just a, I don't know why I just felt like I had to offer that psychological perspective, but it's what I do. Now I'm just going to say, so what though? It's time to grow up. It's no more, no more excuses for for the people who have a lack of grow up because that's what we do. We enable people who don't grow up and say, it's okay. You, you could just go and no, it's not okay. Is there, here's another question. I know we are just going to just ride this out well, to death. Well, here's we, another question. Is there a difference between making excuses for behavior and not wanting to engage in an argument or can, or do you Elsie Escobar see that as the same thing? No, I don't think that it's the same thing at all because next question okay. Do you think that you can refuse to allow people to get away with behavior and not start an argument? No. I think that there, it depends on the person. <laughs> yeah, because it depends on the per- Obviously, you don't go into something like that right? to start an argument. But I do feel that that, that is, that's, yeah, there, there's going to be a time where we just have to educate ourselves on how to engage with, um, you know, discourse that moves things forward that is not based on proving your own point. But, I, but taking the time to just sit down and listen, uh, it's a skill. I think that especially um, we, as the at least white people, be able, need to sit down and not uh, confirm what we want or continue saying what we always say. And maybe just consider being quiet and trying things a different way. <laughs> because like, like if I never posted about Trump on Facebook, am I... Am I allowing behavior to continue? Well, you know what? You know what I'm thinking about that? That's actually been a Do huge question. Do I have question. to post on Facebook in order to per, like in order to prove that I don't perpetuate Nazism? Everybody takes Or their- can I just not post on Facebook and then just I mean like is there an obligation for people to Facebook about their I don't think that there's an obligation. I think there's no obligation. It feels that way, though. There's, it does feel like that. It does absolutely feel like that. And I've been sitting on that for quite a while because it also needs to come from a place of authenticity from the person that's posting the end. It's authentic, but yeah. it still feels obligatory. I don't feel that it's... A, I think that it feels obligatory. Absolutely. Now, there's a different level to this, though, because there's a lot of times when, you know, Facebook is its own thing. And also there are times when we as human beings, it's it's so much easier for one person to write something on Facebook and press enter and have it be mm-hmm. the end. It's sort of like, okay, I just there, announced I've racism. Taken a stand. Yeah, I did it. But then in your own life, you're not doing shit. So I actually, no, in my own life, I'm still doing, shit, I feel, but I would rather be kind to people I see in Marshall's exactly. And then I think that post on Facebook, I a, feel like that's yep, more important. I do feel yet that I still as well. feel obliged to say, Hey, by the way, Fuck these guys. I feel that there is an element of embodiment that needs to happen first and foremost, that if somebody needs to digest all this information coming to them around this and that they're feeling a sense of this is enough, I don't want to have this anymore. I feel that sometimes taking that energy into their world, into their everyday behavior, into seeing things differently inside of their lives and seeing what they can do locally or in real life is is important. I think, in, in, in fact, I do feel that that's more important than coming and just 
shouting it out in social media. I think that whenever you can, of course, if something moves you to do it, please do that. If you need to speak up or share something that you feel is worth sharing, please do that. That is really important. But I do feel that ob- obligation to step up. And I'm torn around being able to like navigate that place of being uncomfortable because we have the privilege to be uncomfortable and not post if we don't want to. You know? I kind of go by the Bill Burr uh, method of fair enough. All right. So if someone says something and you, it just makes your blood boil, but you don't want to argue with them. You go, eh, fair enough. Fair enough. And then be done with it. <laughs> because, you know, it's like someone says something so stupid, like uh, we won't let Jews replace us. Eh, fair enough, buddy. I'll be over here. You, know, you just don't don't, yeah. don't take them on. You'll never you're but not going to change then them. You, then you could argue that you're allowing Condoning. behavior. Yeah. Yeah, I, again, fair enough doesn't, I, I guess, it's when you I put it in. I, I have a very hard time after the speech about allowing behavior to know how to decipher when to pick my battles. Mm. Do I have to pick every battle? I have enough going on in my head. Emily picked every battle. And I mean, she was exhausted every night when she went to sleep. She was mentally exhausted, fearful, angry, stressed because she picked every battle. She would look on Facebook for people who disagreed with her so that she could set them straight. It's exhausting. I can't do it. Give me it's like a full time job. It's a full time job to stop everyone else's bad behavior. And so, and also, if we all did that, our society would be so much more chaotic. And sometimes you have to just sort of like, I mean, in order to live and work next to each other, I mean, don't you kind of sort of have to, don't you sort of have to kind of allow people to just be who they're going to be unless they're hurting you, unless they're Nazis, which just comes back to our Facebook group question. We have to be able to all work together. We have to be able to teach podcasting to anybody who wants it, regardless of whether or not we agree with them. They're not... You know, yeah, they might support Trump. And yes, technically that A plus B does equal D. They are perpetuating bad behavior, terrible behavior. But I mean, at least in our opinion, right? But like, how else are we supposed to live peacefully? It's like the Hatfields and the McCoys, right? What what good did that serve anybody? They're mad at each other for whatever. They can never date a McCoy or a Hatfield. I don't even know this story that well. I'm just making a terrible point. Or like the Montagues and the Vermicellis. The Manticues and the Vermicellis. <laughs> oh, my God. What the hell were their names? Capulets. and the Capulets. The Thank vermicellis. you. That's like a, isn't that I think a vermic- I know. It's a noodle. Yes. Oh it's God. angel hair. But like. Um, yeah. Between the fettuccines <laughs> and the. Uh, and the, the right, Mussolini's. Yes. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying like part. I think you have to be part. Let's live in peace. And part. I'm not going to allow you to pick on my friend the white person or the black person or the Hispanic person or the Jew or the fat person. You have to be, you have to stand up for other people, but you can't pick every battle, especially when you're not going to, I mean, then I'm just like, Oh, you're not going to change their minds. But like, I don't want to sit around arguing with Nazis. I'm never going to tell them or convince them. I mean, right. You can't, you can't go. I can't be a Jew and go to a KKK rally and be like, all you need is love. No, you're not going to do that's that. Not that's gonna not going to fucking work. That's not what we're talking about here. So it's not. No, but about. we're also talking about like, hey, I mean, yelling at them wouldn't do anything. They're still going to believe it. They're still going to do it. They're still going to think it. What are you supposed to do? So with all of this conversation, 
I'm dying to know, Elsie. Will you go back and accept the person? She already. I attempted. I I already declined her. I attempted to do it, and then I couldn't add her. And then I'm like, ah, well. You can't. I can't. I couldn't find it. It's really strange because I couldn't find how to do it. Because usually you can. Usually when you do anything in a group, you you if you because I've made uh, um I I've let a couple of guys in by mistake, just because I sometimes I'm doing things on the app and then you you don't like it's so hard it's really hard sometimes, and so Martha Stewart if you still want a podcast (laughs) please apply. That's hilarious. Megan Kelly, if you want a podcast. <laughs> I have to. Oh, my gosh. Yes. If you want to find us, find us on ShePodcast.com. Don't forget to find us in Anaheim Podcast Movement. If you still haven't gotten your tickets, I mean, shame on you. It's in two days. It's um, PodcastMovement.com. And then use the code ShePodcast for 15% off. And then if you want to come to our event on Friday, ShePodcast.com forward slash PM17. Find us on Twitter and Facebook at... She podcast and peace out, home slice. Talk to you later. All right, everyone who's out there, we love you. Yes. And this time we mean yes, it. Yes, we mean it.